Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Madam Perry Salon, the podcast that loves you, the podcast with more, what is that? The podcast with more celebrities than the inauguration. I am your host, Groove Mistress, and Cruise Director, Madam Perry, or you can call me Perry, Jen, Jennifer, JP. I'm just saying I'm happy to be here. Thank you to everyone who's been subscribing uh, on, and, you know, now we're on Spotify and iHeartRadio. So wherever you enjoy your podcast, I think I'm there. So just let them know. And to the people who not only – oh, and if you're listening live, the only place to catch the, the initial live show is on Blog Talk Radio. And if you follow me on Madam Perry Salon on Facebook, you'll know ahead of time who's going to be here in case it's somebody that you're really looking forward to hearing – and uh, so you'll know that. I try to post on Instagram and Twitter as soon as I can, and then afterwards on Pinterest and Reddit, so you can catch it wherever you listen to podcasts. And also, so but if you're listening to Blog Talk Radio tonight, 12th, uh, December the 7th, 2020, 8.01 p.m., GMT minus 5, or 5 p.m. if you're on the West Coast, um, or 1 a.m. if you're in London, wherever you are, if you're listening on Blog Talk Radio and you see that kind of a fuchsia-colored rectangle, if you would, click that and follow here, or just follow wherever you prefer to follow podcasts. That's how I continue to keep bringing great guests to you like we've been having and like we've got coming up and like we've got tonight. And speaking of which, um, you know, I think it was a month, a little over a month ago, we had the Marquis Michael DeBar on, and Michael has just let us if all know on Twitter that he's going to be having uh, some surgery, two surgeries coming up soon. Um, now, he's the first one to admit he abused his body as a young man. and uh, But then later, you know, he's been sober, I don't know how long now, 30 years or something. But anyway, um, so we're going to keep him in our in our thoughts, chants, good vibes, candles, whatever, for Michael DeBar. And uh, he'll keep us up to date on what's going on. And also, don't forget, you can go to Amazon to see his uh, documentary, Who Do You Want Me To Be? And which I didn't know he co-wrote that song, the one from Animotion, Who Do You Want Me To Be? He co-wrote it with singer-songwriter Holly Knight. So that was cool. So it was great. Also, I've gotten a lot of uh, reaction from the show with Jerry Mitchell and his book, uh, Racing Against Time about his work and bringing several Klan members to trial over uh, back in the 60s. Scary job. He did it. What a great guy to have on the show. And um, I'm just so lucky to have had so many good guests. Arden Marine, you know, uh, that was on here, which has got with her book, Little Miss Little Compton. Now, I don't know if she's, uh, if they're started up the third season 
or at least filming the third season of Insatiable yet on Netflix, but hope so, hope so. Uh, I may not get to see her, but she will be with me here in in Atlanta, the ATL, the Big A, and that will be so cool. Oh, guess what? Um, next week we have Jackie Monahan. Uh, she's a stand-up comic. She's been on uh, what Last Comic Standing. Uh, she's had her own specials uh, on cable. Uh, she was also had a part in the in the film Wild Nights with Emily, which I watched last week. And uh, Molly Shannon plays Emily Dickinson. Very different from anything you've seen her do before. And Ski Monahan had a small part, I believe, as as Emily Dickinson's uh, younger sister. So that was good. Uh, she's very good in that. So. <clears throat> Now, Jackie Monahan is not for the faint of heart. If you're uh, easily sensitive, she's not crude, but if you're easily sensitive, you know, maybe. Maybe she might be a little too much for you, but she's not too much for us here in Madame Perry's salon. And what else do we have coming? Um, well, I'll tell you all about it later. But anyway, I'm, oh, oh, Wednesday night, you know, we had to reschedule this show. Jamie K. McCallum will be here Wednesday night. He's a sociologist, professor. Uh, his book is called Worked Over, and he follows the uh, uh, system of working and how it's affected regular people, like I guess the middle class and lower class in America, and the upper, the richer people, how somehow it's turned into uh, working more, uh, it means you're, you're getting less. You know, you. Um, this book is called, and again, Worked Over. And let's see if I can find the, the full title of the book. You're just going to have to uh, check out this episode because you'll see a lot of things in it that you maybe have suspected. You'll see a lot of things that maybe you didn't know about. I, well, at least I didn't know about. Uh, for one thing, I didn't know what a mechanical Turk was, either the original use or what the term applies means now, uh, but you're going to learn about how so many people and people who have worked hard to get skills and education are doing inconsistent uh, work, inconsistent as far as hours and when you're going to work and how much money you're going to make uh, for very low pay and a lot of pressure and not getting anywhere and, and not maybe not having um, fits. Let me see. The name of the book is Worked Over, How Round-the-Clock Work is Killing the American Dream. And that is Wednesday night, day after tomorrow. Yeah, he says Americans work too long, too hard. Average annual work hours declined for a century through hard-fought labor movement victories. But since 1975, they've increased by 13%. Worked Over traces the varied reasons why our lives have become tethered to work and describes how we might gain a greater say over our work time and build a more just society in the process. So, yeah, that's going to be a very important uh, interview and book, so I want you to all make sure you know and share that. And, okay, tonight's guest. Oh, baby. (laughs) I am so excited about this. If you saw on uh, Twitter or Instagram, you saw where I said the first thing I'm going to ask him is, why you got to scare the bejesus out of everybody? But 
I don't know if he's even going to tell me. Anyway, he is an author, an author of the macabre. Make no <laughs> make no doubt about that. Uh, his short fiction has been featured in Crossroads in the Dark, two, three, and four. Ravenwood Quarterly, Dark Moon Digest, and Sanitarium. He's the author of the novels Blood Vengeance, Edging, and tonight we're going to talk about his brand new novel, Plank Children. Now, story is that because he was born and raised in the frozen tundra of Wisconsin, where the macabre tales of Bradbury and King kept him warm, uh, maybe he's seen too many horror movies to be healthy. I don't know. I, I, but I'm going to try to pull some kind of reason out of him because this is some, this is this is not your everyday everyday horror book that you think because there's so many out there. So please, for the very first time here in the Genie Bottle here in Madame Perry Salon, I want you to welcome Michael Schutz. Michael, happy to have you Thank here. Thank you. Hello, Jennifer. Oh, wow, the Genie Bottle is so comfortable. Uh, this coach is this unicorn leather. It's very nice. <laughs> Well, well, I don't want anybody to think that a unicorn died for the day, you know. No, unicorn I think you can, you can your hear ass. the unicorn be... like sheep. So, that's, oh. yes, magical creatures comes right back. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, just hold on to the horn, okay, in case it gets a little wild there here. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> you like the Moroccan decor? I hope so. I do. Uh, Hey, thank you so much for being my guest here tonight and for um and for writing some of the most bizarre stuff I've ever seen. Oh, that is one of the best compliments I could ever ask for right there. Is it? I was about to say yes. did I give you did it sound okay? Because you yes. know, um think we talked you and I talked a couple of weeks ago and I especially people who love to read I, we both, like a lot of people, have been lifelong readers, and um, you know. And plus, when you you get, I get sent so many books. Or if I go to Book Expo or something, I get a lot of free books. And sometimes, you know, you see the same story over and over and over. Maybe just at a different place. I mean, um, yep. with little more to differentiate them than the um, what do they call those Hallmark Christmas movies? Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's like, yeah, sometimes the only way you can tell that it's gone from one movie to another in those marathons is maybe the dog changes or the cat or something. But otherwise, sometimes, sometimes it's it's the same darn animal. You can tell (laughs) 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 Fluffy is on contract for the uh, Hallmark Studios in the back lot filming every day. Oh, well, I better get Fiona in there, too, because this is my, one of my dogs, uh, a little Pembroke Corgi. She did get a, a walk. Well, I'm an established townsperson on Star Star Girl. Oh. I started to call it Star nice. Child, Star Girl. <laughs> and uh, Fiona got a part when we were called for pedestrian and dog, Fiona. But then she decided she was tired of walking and just sat down and wouldn't go. I think what happened, they, saw, they caught me in the rushes, like pulling her with a cord. If you know anything about Corgis, oh. you know, stubborn. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but so, I mean, like you were like you were saying. I mean, I think it's it's tempting. It's it's easy to you know play on what's already out there, um, and and certainly it's a valid thing to put your own twist on things. I mean, I I have uh, somewhere out there in my in my backlog, I put my own twist on on a vampire tale, um, 
but I just decided not too terribly long ago to just really open up just the back dark corners of my brain and to let that pour out and, and be unique. Um, that's what one of my best friends um, and editor Ben Eads always says, it says, be unique, you know, find your voice. So um, that's what I did. And, um, and I'm pretty happy with the results. Let me ask you this. Do you eat a lot of uh, spicy food at night or something? Because I can't imagine where these plots come from. <laughs> I do, as a matter of fact, or I used to. But, boy, when you when you hit a certain age, you really can't do that after, like, seven. Okay. But, uh, but I right. do love spicy food, and I never thought about that, but maybe there's a correlation because the spicier, the better. Maybe. Maybe there is. Yeah. All right. Let's. <laughs> Let's talk about your brand new book. This yes. brand new Plank Children. This was Ooh. many years in the making. This was the hardest this was the hardest writing project, let alone novel, that I have written to date. And just having it out and and seeing it, having a copy in my hand, that really kind of shows that I can do anything you know everybody out there you can do anything if you're just stubborn and just put your mind to it okay I don't know who else needed to hear that but I certainly did so um, Plank Children now I'm halfway through it now but I know you're not going to give away the ending at all oh sure um, I will okay so what happens is no 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 It's like, Can you really it's the kind that? of book. It's the kind of book where, <laughs> where I'm reading it. You know, I've got two dogs. I'm reading it and, and just kind of get lost in it. And the next thing I know, because you know, up on the sofa, all of a sudden the dog comes by and licks my foot or something. I'm going, ah! <laughs> Good. You know what I what I'm trying to do. You know, I um I love horror. Everything that I mean, that's that's my life. That genre is my life. It's I mean, I read other things, I watch other types of movies, but I always go back to that. I love scary things, um, but I also like disturbing things. And it just kind of occurred to me, actually, when I was right after I saw Rob Zombie's The Lords of Salem in theaters, I just thought, you know, instead of trying to be scary, I think I just want to disturb people, you know, instead of setting out say, Oh, I'm going to scare the pants off you. I'm just, I'm going to disturb you. You know, when you're done, you're just, you're not going to be able to shake that off. That's, it's going to stick with you for a while. You know, I want to want to take you on an uncomfortable journey because to me, that's, that's the best. You know, it's that, it's that moment, the moments before you get to the top of the roller coaster, when you're, you know, you're completely, you know, almost uh, almost vertical in your in the little cars, click, 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 and it's getting closer and closer and closer. It's that moment of an- anticipation. It's, it's not wanting to know what's behind that door, but you can't wait to find out. But, oh, you're going to have to cover your eyes. So, yeah, that's what I want to do. You know, I've, I've had a lot of horror authors on the show, and with people like Jasper Bark or Kenneth Kane or oh. different folks, and I asked them things, you know, different people, why, 
Why do you write this? And a lot of them seem to have the similar answers like, you know, it's a release in some ways for people. It is. It is a release. Um, I think I just take pleasure in uh, in scaring and disturbing people. I'd like to, uh, you know, I want to leave leave my mark on people. You know, I love, you know, when somebody finishes something that, that I read, that I wrote, excuse me, and, and, you know, they just say, wow, that terrified me. Or my uh, really good friend of mine, the author Jason White, the highest compliment we pay to, whether it be a book or a movie, is, wow, that was effed up. That was the most <laughs> effed up thing. That's like our highest recommendation. Like I just, I just read this book and it's so effed up. But okay, I'm setting everything down. I'm reading it right now. So <clears throat> okay, all right, <laughs> okay, good. You've got a, you've got a nice uh, calibration system there, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like it. It's worked for you. So um, now, Plank Children is published by Three Furies Press. Am I right? Yes. Yes. Is this your first book with them? It is. Um, they are relatively new, and I was very happy to come on board. Um, like I say, Plank Children was was difficult to get written, and um, the publisher that had it, they unfortunately had to close their doors due to some medical mm-hmm. issues. So it was a um, Plank Plank Child orphan for a little while. So <laughs> it really had quite a storied uh, birth there. But yes, Three Furies picked that up and I'm I'm forever grateful. It it didn't have it bad enough there. Um, (laughs) They were orphans. Um, So this, oh, and is it okay with you if I tell people, listen to to the story uh, or listen to the, um, I guess maybe the, the, short version of you know how, how the war starts what, what, what's, the, what's the kernel of the story or the uh, what's going on if it's okay if I yes. tell them that, um, you can get it from the publisher or from Michael's website yes. which is Michael Shoots Fiction and of course I'll share that on all my social media not just Madam Perry Salon but Jennifer Perry um, and maybe even some Lone Wolf Communications because some people listen to podcasts and when they're driving or writing they tell me so you don't have to worry about writing it down I'll share it yeah, you, you can on, on Michael's website, which is by gosh a great website. I mean, it is just you just feel like you're already into a uh, what could be a haunted house. It's right there. So oh, like it's a mood. Thank you. And so, but on there, my says, uh, go ahead. No, I was just, I was just going to interrupt and say my my dad took those pictures that are on my website, so I'm awfully proud to be able to feature his his photography on there for anybody that checks oh. that out. Yeah. You feel like you've really stepped into the five, the whole thing. It feels even cold and dark, but it says here on the book it says you on sale from Amazon on sale now from Amazon or directly from the publisher. Now, if you go to the publisher at the three furious press page, you get a paperback book or you can order uh, just for a few pennies more, a personalized paperback. Yes. Yeah, or you can go to the uh, Amazon and right now a Kindle is is it ninety nine cents right now? Is it? Is it? I. Uh, That's what I paid. I been, I've been I've been so busy doing my own shopping, I'm not even paying attention. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, right now it is because that's what I've and that's, and I checked it again before we came on the air, and it's still ninety nine cents right now just for the ebook on. Oh yes, the paper yes, that's the e-book. right. Yeah. So pick that up, people. Yeah, I mean ninety nine <laughs> cents. You know? Yes, believe me. And um, actually, when since you're doing I, laundry, um, when you're having to wash out your undies again and again and again, you're gonna know you've got your ninety nine cents worth and then some. Okay. You're going to think about Michael Schutz and his fiction when you're cleaning out your underwear. Like, oh, that made me wet my pants again. Yeah. Okay, so talk to us about As long as you remember me, Plank. I'm sorry? We will. Tell us about Plank Children. Give us us the crux of the story. Oh, Plank Children is about Miles Baumgartner, a rage-addicted English teacher who he's lost everything. He's uh, lost his job, his boyfriend, his house, and his beloved nephew was killed in a car crash about nine months ago. And he's sitting in his new lonely bachelor pad, and he sees a brand new recent picture of his nephew, Ian, on Facebook. So how can that possibly be if Ian is dead? So Miles traces a uh, series of lies and rumors and half-truths and find him finds himself at St. Hamlin's, a supposedly abandoned orphanage in the Wisconsin Northwoods, and there he is plunged into a world of badness and evil children. Ooh. Now, what was it about the picture that scares him? Well, that takes him to the madness? <laughs> well, because it's a, it's a recent picture. You know, Ian was is supposedly dead and buried for nine months. But when he sees this picture, there are certain aspects about it. It's a family family photograph that he can tell that it's recent. That it's not an old one that uh, that his sister dug up to put on on Facebook. It's technically, I'll tell you, it's because after the after the funeral, Ian's mom, Miles' sister, she got her hair cut, and in this photo. <laughs> It's her, it's her hair cut, you know, yeah. shorter than it was before the funeral. You know, it's, it's her and, and her husband as they are right now. But they're with their son, who's supposed to be dead and buried. Mm. Okay, that's, that's just creepy enough. So um, what kind of, uh, now, now, how long has this book been out? It's brand new. Yes, October 8th was when it came yeah. out. Okay. So oh, almost good. two months, exactly. What kind of reaction have you gotten from people about it? Uh, the reviews have been amazing. I mean, some people have have contacted me, and it's, it's wonderful when this happens. They really got it, you know, when somebody really gets it. They, um, it's, it's been fantastic. Um, I've, been, I've been really pleased, you know, because I always get – I get – worried you know at the last at the last moment you know the edits are done it's about to come out and i think oh my what have i what have i done have i really uh you know is my butt hanging in the wind on this one Mm. and and to have people read it and and just just get it to love it um so so i've been very very happy they uh they seem to like it good by the way, if you're listening to us live tonight, and this is, like I said, December 7th, 2020, if you're listening to the live show 
and you want to call in and talk to Michael Schutz. Call to talk to him about his books, ask him advice about writing. Uh, give us a call, 646-716-9922. That's 646-716-9922. Blog Talk Radio assures me, Continental U.S. And if you're at a place where you can't make a call, maybe you're at a job where you got to be quiet, um, you can always send me a message through Facebook to Jennifer Modette Perry or to Madam Perry Salon. So, um, and I'm sure Michael will be happy to take your questions. I would be Good. nervous as, as I'll get out, but but I will. <laughs> my, uh, my listeners, you know, if you've listened, my listeners are very, very savvy and very smart, but they're very, also very warm. So, okay. Yeah. If they call, it'll be a good thing. Okay. So, I thought you were going to say vicious. They're really vicious. Oh, They're going to tear you apart. No. They're... No. No. <laughs> I think, okay. I think I know. I think I, I think I'm getting the idea um, where you're coming from. If you're, excuse me just a minute. Are you very comfortable? Are you sitting down? Are you very comfortable? Very. Okay. Oh, okay, okay, and don't move. Just, just one little bit of. Uh... Okay, feel Whoa. better now. <laughs> yeah, is that better, madam? <laughs> madam, more please. <laughs> Ow. Oh, don't you worry. Oh, where am I? What? What happened? You can't get out until I let you out. That's the way that it is here in the genie bottle. That's just <laughs> the way. It is. Oh, who would want I, to? Who would want to? I tell you, would? you know, I, I I do have a lot of social anxiety, and I think that I had my own. Not I I was co-host of a podcast and and did some interviews with the aforementioned Jason White, um, and I think that when I get going, I'm I'm awfully comfortable, but I am a nervous wreck for days leading up to it. I was boy. And the last hour before I before I was on, oh boy, I was I was cleaning this apartment and it is absolutely spotless. Let me tell you, Jennifer, you could just eat off the carpet. I am just, I'm I'm fine once I get going, but man, nightmares, the whole thing. It's 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 you know, plain children is nothing compared to what I go through. <laughs> Hey, and that's saying something. Believe me, that's saying something. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay, I wanted to read a. Um, um, <laughs> you know, I'm so glad you said that. Now I know how you feel before you came on. Um, yeah. I, I guess I'm lucky you even called. Has the mission been completed? You know that I have the greatest enthusiasm for it. I'm sorry. I thought I had oh. him locked up. I thought he was locked up. I'm sorry. Okay. Open the pod bay doors, Hal. <laughs> Hal, open the pod bay doors. Oh, okay, Hal. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Did you know? Did you know that he's named Hal because H A L is one letter away from I B M. It was a statement that Kubrick was making. No, I did not know that. Yeah. I. I did not know that. How clever. 
You know, I've I know always I'm wanted. To... Oh, oh, you meant Kubrick. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you oh. remember? You, you remember the kitchen um, in in the movie, or at least the kitchen for uh, Angelina Jolie in the movie Mr. and Mrs. Smith? Yes. You know, I always thought I'd love to have a kitchen like that. And if I get up in the morning and turn on the lights, it would say... I'm completely operational, and all my circuits are functioning perfectly. <laughs> I would love that. I was, uh, I, I'm toying with a, with a short story about a smart house gone wrong. I think that, you know, technology is, I think technology is the new demonology. You know, there's, uh, it's very frightening what's going on, what's happening, what is capable with technology and advancement. Well, I would say, you know, now with something that's like, like social media, people talk about, oh, it's all bad, it's all bad. But I get, you know, but I get good stuff from it, and I meet interesting people. On the other hand, though, yes, once you dig a little deeper into things with the artificial intelligence and, and so forth, oh, yeah, it is scary. It's a lot of scary stuff. Um, and so, yeah, we look forward to that. I wanted to read a couple of reviews I got. Now, this is the first one I want to read, if you don't mind. Oh, please. But this one is from somebody who is definitely one of my favorite authors. Anything this guy writes, I'm going to read. Uh, Mark Allen Gunnels, twice, I think. And he says... With Plank Children, Michael Schutz has delivered another gripping and original tale of horror. St. Hamlin's is a truly wicked locale, bringing to mind Jackson's Hill House and Du Maurier's Manderley, only even more sinister. Plank Children is a tense thrill ride that surprises at every turn. And that's Mark Allen Gunnels, author of The Daylight Will Not Save You and 324 Abercorn. That's a nice review. It is. I was very grateful for uh, for Mark that that he read it and and liked it so much. He's a good man. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ben Eads, and I'll have to read Ben's because I got to get Ben here because he's the uh, very kind person uh, whom I need to thank for introducing you and me in a way. Yes. So, yes. Uh, so I've got to get I got to get a hold of Ben. Ben Eads writes. Emotionally visceral, relevant, and with a powerful resonance rarely seen today, Schutz's voice, unique voice, is a breath of fresh air. I must read. And that's from Ben Eads, author of Cracked Sky and Hollow Heart. Yeah, you had some, um, yeah, some nice, I mean, to be compared like with Mark Allen to uh, um, Shirley Jackson. Well, you can't get better than that. I mean, no. that, that is the epitome right there. Um, it's funny, I'm actually reading her Hangs a Man right now. But I mean, The Haunting of Hill House, that is probably my favorite all-time novel. It's, it's the gold standard, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So yeah, to definitely. be mentioned in even the same breath, much less a direct comparison, is the greatest honor. Oh, my gosh. Shirley Jackson and Daphne du Maurier. And um, did you see that? Did you watch? Was it the TV series on um, Haunting of Hill House? I did. 
I watched I watched that and Bly Manor and I guess I guess Rebecca is a limited series on there as well right now, which I have not gotten into. But oh, okay. I did lots not of good that. spooky stuff on, on Netflix lately. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I did a uh, uh, I, I I did get one bit of background acting on Haunting of Hill House. I played a funeral director at a funeral director convention. So that's good. So. <laughs> <laughs> I got to walk by. I'm just a little blur walking behind the main couple while they're at the bar talking about wings and being snarky to each other. And uh, so I'm walking past there with an employee trying to explain things to her, a little blonde, uh, a lovely blonde woman that was sitting with me. So, yeah, yeah, just a little blur. But. um, Oh, that's fantastic. I am am a little blur in the movie Shadow Conspiracy. I think that's it. (gasps) With really? Linda Hamilton, Charlie Sheen, and Donald Sutherland. There's a scene in front of the White House, um, and it's you can't see me because it was dusk. It was, that was very interesting because when, when we were there, when they were filming, it was really quite light. But, you know, the camera picked up, you know, it, was, it, it came across, you know, pretty dark, so you can't see me. But, but Hamilton and Sheen are walking into, into the crowd. And I am somewhere in that crowd. So cool. My claim to fame. Was it fun? Me. It was. It was so much fun. This was back in 90. And, and there was this <laughs> crowd outside the White House when uh, a bunch of my fraternity brothers and I went, went to Washington, D.C. And we thought it was, was President Clinton um, going, for, going for one of his runs. Remember when he used to go go running and then pick up a big match. So we thought, oh, you know, maybe maybe the president is outside. But no, they were filming a movie, and so I don't know which is more exciting. I I do love the movies. <laughs> so yeah. Do they have good catering? That's important. Oh, not 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 for me. I don't know. They. <laughs> I wasn't even a even a technical extra. I was I was just cattle. <laughs> in it the crowd. It doesn't matter. The food is everything. I know. I I should when, have I should have thought it out. Listen, Stranger Things, that stuff. I don't know what. Some of it I didn't know. Like, we were trying to figure. Out, is is it is it spinach? Is it coleslaw? I said I think I don't think it's even cream of fescue. It's not even that high up on the oh. level. And when nobody can decide <laughs> what the meat is, nobody knows what that meat is. So that's not good. Yeah. yeah, the next night I came back with a bag of, you know, fruit and some little Debbie cake. Little Debbie, a fine American. <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> Better than mystery yeah. meat. Better than, than gray, greasy mystery meat. Yeah, it was white Which, mystery by the way, meat. is the title of my next novel. <laughs> is, uh, gray, greasy, gray, greasy mystery, meat? mystery meat by Michael Schutz. Oh, so be on the watch wait. for that. Oh, please. <laughs> Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll do just about anything to... Uh, to, to get to get mentioned in, in there, just mention Madame Perry's salon <laughs> somewhere in there. I will. Um, well, yeah, I'll. I'll um, sure, sure. I'll book all your podcasts for that. All your things. But, oh, yeah, that gray, crazy, crazy gray <laughs> mystery meat by Michael Schutz. I can see a hit yep. there. Um, so I think so. Got, I think that's the one. That's the big great right there. That's the million dollar idea. All right, I have got. I'm going to play um, a little message from some friends, and uh, this might give you. It's, it's going to be about uh, 
just one minute, give you a chance to get some more water, and me too. And I'll be right back with the brilliant author of the macabre, Michael Schutz. Don't go away. Thank you. So, Chuck, talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks' new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, well, I'll I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who's going to coach this team. They don't got no talent on they it. And I don't, I don't really feel I talk That's as truth. I don't feel I talk about the Knicks right Do now. Do you want to talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madame Perry Salon. And I think Jennifer Perry... She's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, Rostar, all the dip comedians. What about people you that could, don't have rings? Here we go. Again. I got Real funny. Ah, Real funny. Ah, ah, but I think she's great, and I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make, The laugh come out of nowhere, like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. See, that'll be my book title. It's not terrible. All right, and uh, this is Jennifer Perry, Madam Perry here, Michael Schutz. I am so glad to have you here, Michael. Did you come back? I think he's still getting a drink of water. So if you go to Michael Schutz Fiction, to his website, there's also a nice blog where he will um, entertain you there as well. So, Michael, and now the pressure is on for me to uh, keep up with that blog. I think I only put one post so far. <laughs> and this is how you do it. You get them on air. So you have to got one in May 11. Um, that's about two lines that just talk about coming soon. Michael shoots rants and yes. rambles. And then sure enough, it says soon, 5-11-20. Sure enough, a short, um, what, five months later, there we are. <laughs> That's such fast turnaround time for me. You wouldn't believe it. Haven't you seen the the not long after? Uh, um, well, uh, probably in April, when people started up with the memes for uh, COVID and shutdown, lockdown, distance, and said, "Yeah, this is just like being in Vegas. I'm losing money by the minute. Nobody knows what time it is, and drinking is acceptable at every hour." So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, I am glad, I have to admit, I think I can say this. I'm glad that I went to Vegas while I was still drinking. <laughs> I could experience that before I got sober. You know, I I don't think I don't think I would have had as much fun <laughs> if I would go there these days. Yeah, it's 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 not I I've never been much of a drinker, so yeah, when I was there in Vegas, nah, nah. Well I got married there, but still, you know. Oh, uh, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, it was fun. Um, of course, it's a Vegas wedding, so who knows how long it's going to last. Oh, that's the way to do it, though. You know, yeah, yeah. Why waste the cost of a new car? Inviting everybody. Oh, I don't. Whether know. you like them or not, that's yeah. Just, that's just too much. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. We just had an anniversary, something thirty-something years. But who, like I said, who knows how long it'll last? Well, happy anniversary! Thank you. Then we went back to see Tina Turner's um, 
farewell thing. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. That was fun. Yeah. All right. Tell me about, here's something else we could talk about. Your, listen, your website, michaelshootsfiction.com, it's got, it's a nice little playground. You've got all kinds of things to entertain people with there. Tell us about Darkness Dwells. Darkness Dwells was the, well, it was a, uh, it was the podcast um, run by terrific author and, and my friend Jason White. When my first novel came out, when Blood Vengeance came out, I contacted podcast Darkness Dwells and booked an interview. And it was the first, it was the first interview, first podcast I had ever done. I was so nervous. I know I just answered everything. Yes. No. Well, yeah. And, <laughs> but, uh, and then I didn't listen to it because I can't stand the sound of my voice. So months went by and I decided, well, if I turn the volume down really low, maybe I can stand to listen to myself. So I listened and he was such an interesting person. And, and while he was talking, you know, before and after the interview, he talked about how he doesn't really have any, any, friends to talk about horror with and his wife isn't the biggest horror fan so i had just seen um kevin smith's tusk and so out of the blue i just messaged him you know oh have you seen tusk and we struck up a friendship just instantly just instant best friends and he invited me to be his co-host on darkness dwells and so he and i did that together for a few years um it was a lot of fun we're on hiatus now but we plan we plan to come back. It's just his schedule is crazy, absolutely crazy. And I was trying to finish up Plank Children, but yes, I think on my side I call that our dark smorgasbord. And yeah. yeah, we had interviews and blogs and lots of movie reviews. We are both huge movie fans, so for being authors, we talked about movies a heck of a lot. Mm-hmm. Yes, I like the description. It says, uh, authors Jason White and Michael Schutz present Darkness Dwells, podcast and blog. It's their smorgasbord of dark, delicious things. Come on over for a read or a listen as they and their plethora of guests discuss books, movies, and all things horror. How is that? Well. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome into the chamber. Welcome, darlings. <laughs> so, yes, I had, I had so much fun doing that. Um, man, I, I really miss it. But uh, maybe things will, will calm down and get organized in, in 2021. Not that, not that I expect that. I have like three different novellas that I'm working on, all in the middle of them. Hmm. Do let me ask you this before you know before people couldn't go places, um, like they did before. Did you get out to many uh, conventions, cons, to um, or book festivals where you were able to meet your readers? No, no, very very few. I did make it to Sacramento Pride back in twenty seventeen, eighteen. That's a long time ago. But, um, no, I haven't done any of the big horror conventions. Um, I'm dying to. I would absolutely love to. As uh, 
I'd love to go just as a fan and meet uh, and meet my favorite authors. But um, you know, to be able to set up my own little space there and and talk to some of my readers would be fantastic. So again, hopefully when it settles down, I'll be in a better position to actually do that. I would love to. What would be your dream cons to go to and participate in or just go to? Um, Well, Mecon would would be the best one, which is really an author's playground. Um, You know, I'd be able to talk to all the great and all the up and comers like me, um, I think that would be that would be the absolute best. Mm-hmm. I'd really love that. Do you picture yourself in? Um, oh, and what about you know even that? What's the one? San Diego Comic Con. I mean, they have everything there. It's not just comics. I, think, I was going uh, to mention that one. That popped into my mind. I mean, that's huge. I think Anne Rice goes to that one a lot. If I'm yeah. And yeah. I think even a few years ago, um, the two guys, Noel Fielding and oh gosh, Julian, uh, Mighty Boosh, the Mighty Boosh. You know them? No. Well, you precious thing, I'll just have to introduce you to that later. It's this British yes. uh, oh, comedy duo and show. Um, no, they perform there, and so. Uh, yeah, it's just pretty much, it's kind of, it's, it should be wild. I've never been, but I want to go, fantasize about it. Uh, and you should come to steampunk conventions, too, so. Oh, that would be amazing. That would so be when people get to come out and play, yes, Madam Perry, yeah, it's a steampunk gal, so, yeah, we'll have to get you everywhere. Um, yes. I'm sorry. You can tell I'm an entertainment publicist, and when nobody, <laughs> it's just kind of like, and then we'll get you here. We'll put you on this show with that one. No, I'm loving it. Show. I'm loving it. You, you can. Uh, you're my manager now. Look at that. There okay. we go. You get, you get ten percent of nothing. <laughs> wow, I got a raise. Okay. There you go. I'll just look at you and say, darling, I'm your auntie Mame. So. <laughs> oh. I tell my dad, he always asks if I'm rich and famous yet, and I tell him, well, I'm going to get, get famous long before I'm ever rich. <laughs> That's the way it goes. Yeah, these days, if you want to get rich and famous, you have to pretty much do a lot of, you know, be comfortable with a lot of public bad behavior, your own. So um, Yes. Tell him he needs to reconsider that. Um, so let me tell you, do, do you have writers in your family, or are you are you um, are you married, or, or the, is your spouse a writer, or what's the deal? Do you have writers writing in your blood? No, no, um, not at all. Next question. No, um, I have my dad is a is a reader. He was the one that introduced me to to books um, when I was just a little squirt. He took me down. We, I grew up in this tiny little town in Wisconsin, rural Wisconsin. And we had one used bookstore in town that was in the basement of this old furniture store. So my dad took me down there and just opened up Pandora's box for me. Oh. All those books. And, I mean, these were, this was like 1980s prices too. So like, um, all the, all the Alfred Hitchcock presents anthologies and the 
Rod Serling ones and certainly like The Haunting of Hill House and a lot of Ray Bradbury. They were all the like the 1960s paperbacks with, uh, you know, all those gorgeous covers for they were 50 cents or three for a dollar down there. And that got me hooked on writing. I mean, reading and reading very soon after got me hooked on writing. Um, my, uh, my husband, Ricky really doesn't, doesn't read very much. Um, sort of like, I think that was one of the things that Jason White and I had had in common was that neither of our spouses was really into, uh, into the writing, reading and horror like we were. So I think that's why we hit it off so much. (laughs) You know, I do understand that because, yeah, with my husband, this is something, you know, we're very supportive of each other and what you do. We have a lot in common, but some things where you may not be as interested in as the other one is. Yeah. If they've got a friend that's big on it, that's wonderful. Yes. Get on the phone yes. and talk and, and he certainly supports me. I mean, he's the first one to champion anything that, that I'm doing. But, uh, yeah, just not too much of a reader, which, you know, that's what I get. That's what I get for choosing a younger man. You know, <laughs> this, this new generation, they just don't appreciate the written word. <laughs> so he just looks cute and be, and is a trophy, trophy husband. So, okay. I Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Go, if you're Michael listening, Ricky, yeah, you know, I, I'm just joking. You know, I'm kidding. <laughs> that's right. You yeah, don't don't go go don't go telling the naughty cat children that he said something, you know, don't don't take it the wrong no. way. Oh yes. Oh my kitties. Casey is right here watching me. Let I'm me all ask about you, my cat. You've got naughty cat children, I imagine, because you know, as your um one of your favorite writers, Stephen King. Mhm. And yes, what is the absolutely. what is the animal that you see under his desk? The evil animal? Oh, yes, Yes, the evil, that's right. The evil Molly, (laughs) he calls her the evil Molly, and she's a corgi. And if you know corgi. That's right, (laughs) you and your corgis. They're very stubborn. I feel like the, when I had four Pembrokes at one time, you know what I felt like the, um, because you feel like the, you feel this mind control once in a while. I felt like the teacher in that black and white movie, The Village of the Damned, the teacher that they stayed with. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) I would so, love uh, to put my uh, my tuxedo cat Casey against one of your corgis for a stubborn fest because oh. I don't know he's a mule. I love you, Baba, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's just man. He will. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where he wants to be in my lap constantly. He just always wants to be in my lap. But if I pick him up and put him in my lap, nope, he's off. He's gone. Nope. He'll do it on his own, thank you very much. <laughs> it's got to be his idea. Yes. I could dig it. Let me ask you this. So you're talking about being in a little town, uh, growing up in a little small town, and your dad taking you to read, and you began this love because your dad was a reader and um, wonderful man that I know he is. He introduced you to this wide world of books, as well as setting an example, being a reader. Um, when you were younger and began reading, reading different things, whether it was, um, you know, any kind of horror or any kind of suspense or mystery, and I'm putting my uh, 
my madam senses to work. I get the feeling, I can kind of picture you, the young Michael Schutz. Oh, boy, after you're reading, you start to see people in your neighborhood, maybe the kindly old lady that made candy for everybody or something or, or ran kids off from her house, either one or different people. I can just picture you imagining stories about them. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. And and imagining the dark side of them was uh was was the thing. You know what what secrets are they hiding behind their facade? You know? What does the mailman do when he when he gets home? What is he up to? Who does he have in his basement? Who is really what? Why does what is what does that lady have to spend so much time in that garden? Like she's afraid somebody's yes. going to come there and find something. Yeah. Yeah, boy, her flowers grow really well in that one fertilized patch, and I haven't <laughs> seen that husband in a long time. So, yeah, I could just picture you just coming up with everything and any of the parts and then maybe even once in a while trying to scare other kids with the stories. You ever think about maybe she's got somebody buried out there? Yep. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I was um, I was a very shy child. And it's interesting that uh, that we've talked about the about the small town because you asked earlier, I think you were, you were asking about why horror. And growing up gay in the 80s slash early 90s in a rural Wisconsin town of 8,000 people in Wisconsin going to a parochial school, oh. I felt like the ultimate outsider. You know, I was, I was, I was different. I felt like... I was sort of monstrous for these thoughts that I had. And when I discovered horror, when I first started reading Stephen King and, and the early stories of, of Ray Bradbury, you know, it was about, especially Ray Bradbury, a lot about the outsider, you know, and, and reading about all this, all this dark stuff. And it made me feel not alone anymore. Um, and that is what really drew me to the darkness was I felt so much darkness inside me and around me that it was, it was a comfortable place and it helped me understand the world around me. Um, I horror genre is a great place for outcasts and, and outsiders. I think we are very welcoming and I, and I think, um, yeah, I think, I think that when you feel very different, you know, your mind can wander to the strange, dark places. I think that's where a lot of horror comes from. I mean, we talk about that a lot. You know, people, you know, people are afraid of what they don't understand. And mm-hmm. so that's the whole impetus of, of fear. So, yeah. Ah, okay. That's, uh, that certainly makes sense. That certainly I've never heard had anyone say things quite like that on here or describe it that way. But that makes yeah, perfect sense. Perfect sense. And at least you found a place where you could make sense of the world and feel comfortable and see your way to share with other people who probably felt uh who of course it's gonna be none of us have 
singular feelings. There's always going to be somebody who's been through it too. They just don't yeah. know. They just don't know yeah. somebody else has been through it. They don't know somebody's yep. going to help them through saying, no, 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 you're not a freak. You're not a widow. You're not a monster. It's not just yep. you. Yep. And, you're... and that's why, and that's why I, I don't shy away from talking about being a gay horror author or my um, alcoholism and addictions and, and being in recovery now. Um, you know, I don't, I want people to, and, and why I'd like to be friendly on my, on my social media and not like put on the whole, Oh, he's dark and scary, you know, because I, I am, a, I am dark and scary, but I'm also friendly. And so I show my friendly side, you know, I want, I want people, I want to disturb people and scare the crap out of them, but I also want them to not feel alone out there while I'm doing it. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Yes, and that's a good example about that. With with your sure, uh, first of all, though, too about gay. Now, uh, you know Dave Cause, a saxophonist. Yeah. Okay, so when he was on here about a month ago talking about his new CD, A New Day, and uh, there's, there's like a different color for each song, and people could send him pictures of themselves wearing that color, and he puts yeah. them on your picture on his website, and he goes, well, the rainbow is also because I'm gay. And I thought, you know, um, I didn't know that. And although I'm in Atlanta and my husband and I feel are very fortunate to have all kinds of friends, different walks of life, uh, which makes our life certainly more enjoyable. You know, nobody wants to be around somebody exactly like you. Everybody's just the same thing. Um you know, we, we cherish the different types of friends we have. But I've also been careful not to out anybody that was, doesn't want to be outed. And just yeah. make sure somebody trusts me with a secret that, that I do care take care of it. So Dave Cos comes on. And so since I'm gay, why not a rainbow? And I'm thinking, well, that's cool. So uh, <laughs> but you don't know. But when you talk about um, you're, t- you're k- wanting to keep the uh, lightness on your social media, um Here's, here's here's one. Here's a Michael Schutz tweet. I love oh, iced God. coffee. I love iced coffee, but I hate when my hot coffee gets cold. I like things at their intended temperature. So, oh with my an God, FML, yeah. hashtag FML, hashtag coffee, hashtag coffee time. And I thought, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have a very... That is that is like so essentially me too. I um I'm very <laughs> regimented and and organized. I I do have a touch of OCD. I mean that people kind of throw that term around now, but I actually do have have a very mild obsessive compulsive disorder. I used to count and have to touch things and everything. And yeah, yeah, it, man. <laughs> Needs so, to be the temperature that it, that it, that it, that is intended. I can't and I can't put ice cubes in the cold coffee either and just pretend. I can I can pour myself a brand new cup over ice and put a little caramel okay. on there, a little whipped cream. But yeah, I get it. I get it. It makes a difference. It's not the way it was intended. It does. I no. know that it's supposed to be hot. You can't fool me. That ain't the way it started. So uh, no. Uh, before let you go, and time. I don't know about you. I know this was for me. This has just flown by. I'm just having so much fun with you. Uh, tell us a quick before. Now I'm telling people they can get your books at Amazon as well as from your website. We'll go to uh, the publisher. But a couple of your other recent books. Um, 
novels called Edging and one called Blood Vengeance? Yes. Uh, tell, tell Blood Vengeance is out of print, sadly. But um, Edging is available in print and ebook. And since it's right around the Christmas time, if anyone out there buys an ebook of Plank Children and can get me a screenshot of the confirmation through any of my social media, I will give you an ebook of Edging. And for a very limited time, somebody out there buys a paperback of Plank Children and again can screenshot a confirmation of me, I will sign a paperback copy of Edging and send it out to them for free. Wow. That's fantastic. That's great. And uh, also, I'll be, if it's okay with you, I'll be sharing that on all my social media. So if you don't mind, make sure I write it, send it, email or text me the exact, exact verbiage on I that, and I'll be happy to share it too. Thank you. I so shall. Because, because Halloween does not end just because it's Christmas. We all need scares all year round. Oh, my gosh. I was just thinking about pulling out all, the, all of my favorite Halloween stuff and setting it up about a month from now <laughs> and just setting it up to enjoy it. And I, yes. This, is, this has just been – talk about the synchronicity on this one. This has just been great. Um, also, I want to remind people your your short fiction has been featured in at Crosswords in the Crossroads in the Dark two, three, and four, Ravenwood Quarterly, Dark Moon Digest, and the Sanitarium. Again, I will be sharing the link to your website so they can find out where to get your books, what's going on, other fascinating things about you, Michael Shoots. I, I am just I am just enchanted with you, and I have just uh, again I'm halfway through Plank Children. And I'm trying to read it where I can you know, have the lights on. That's not going to save you. <laughs> Don't say that. Don't say it. Don't say that. They're but, still um, coming for you in the light. <laughs> not again. So. <laughs> and they will it's, never stop, Madam Jennifer. They will never stop. You know, I think they're up in Wisconsin or somewhere. They'll never find me down here in the mean streets of suburban Atlanta, Georgia. I gave them your address. You don't know it. My family doesn't even know my address, and that's the truth. <laughs> that is the God's honest oh. truth. So uh, that doesn't tell you what kind of nightmares I have. So uh, anyway, Michael Schutz, thank you so much. Is there anything you want to say to people? I know I've kept you too long, and I'm grateful for your patience with me. Is there anything that you want to say before we close out with my uh, with my hit, okay, it's not a hit song, but my song, Everybody's Got to Swing. All your listeners, um, I hope that you do check out some of my social media. Perhaps you uh, take a look at one of my books, and if you do, I hope you enjoy it, and I hope it disturbs you. <laughs> and and I can vouch for that. I can uh, I can testify. Um, with my hand on a on writing by Stephen King, I I can and what other hand up? I can, <laughs> it will scare you, slap to death. You will feel it. Uh, poor old Miles Baumgartner. Dang that poor man! Miles. You just keep thinking Miles is one bad decision after another. <laughs> so uh, Miles, you're. <laughs> 
I, if I were Miles, I would have just gone ahead and jump off a cliff or something. So um, <laughs> thank you so much. Please come back. And everybody listening, uh, I'll be sharing, again, how to get uh, stuff from Michael Schutz. He's he's fun, but he's scary. So don't let the fun parts fool you. Be good to each other. Be good to yourself. I think you're all wonderful. And I'll be back here Wednesday night with Jamie K. McCallum. Michael Schutz, you got to come back sometime. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.